the Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. You can find me on Twitter at BDR Dangle. I am joined by Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, and Brendan Chagru. Jack Wright, you can find him at J Wright BDR. Patrick Sheldon, you can read him on Fansided, or you can find him at P underscore Shells. And Brendan Chagru at Brendan Chagru. You can find him on Bears Wire or The Midway Minute. You can also find him on this podcast, which is fantastic. That dude is absolutely everywhere. Folks, we are thrilled about our very special guest from the Roar of the Lions, as well as NFL Scotland, Steve Collins. You can find him at zero underscore dark underscore 40. Steve, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm I'm as well as I possibly can be as a lion surrounded by Bears fans in the aftermath of such a shit show. Okay, before Jack gets into our our big main question, I think a lot of our listeners, uh, which we do have a a good amount that are that are uh, in different parts of the world, but the ones that aren't, we're always curious, how does someone uh, originally uh, from the UK end up a Lions fan? Can you just walk us through that really quick? Well, you know, obviously, you know, uh, if you don't live in, in in the country of America and you're, you're a foreign fan, you want to go for the glamour teams. And so the Lions <laughs> was just an obvious choice. <laughs> Steve, uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm so glad I, we're friends. Please keep this rolling. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up in the Barry Sanders era. So like as a kid, um, like we on the national broadcaster Channel 4, they used to show games. Um, and, and Barry Sanders obviously would be like lighting it up with, it was always Barry Sanders and Walter Payton. That, that was, it was the era of the running backs when I must have been, yeah, like a 10, 11 year old. Uh, my dad let me stay up and watch the Super Bowl, which I think was the uh, the Bears Super Bowl when they beat the Patriots. Um, so, you know, that, that was kind of my introduction to the NFL. And, and also I've got a, a whole bunch of good buddies in Michigan um, who, you know, have become friends over the years. And, um, yeah, I've, I'm a Lions fan. And even at 0-9-1, there's nothing I can do about it. Steve, question for you. Thanksgiving Day, uh, Bears-Lions. Why did the Lions lose yesterday, in your opinion? I mean, um, I think it's because the, there was a match scheduled and we turned up. That's why we lost. Because, you know, I'm, I'm very much in the camp that, um, if it wasn't for the fact that the Steelers lost their goddamn mind and, you know, somehow managed to, to tie a game with us, we, we are easily an 0-17 team. Um, and, you know, we've been kind of, the, the whole, you know, fighting spirit of the Lions, it's kind of been flattering to deceive a, a lot. There's, a few teams have really dropped their level playing against us. And, yeah, we have fought. Um, you know, we've not given up. Um Except maybe the steel, uh, the the Eagles game, um, and yeah, you know we've been unlucky with the whole Justin Tucker field goal doink, um, but you know we are a bad team, and when Brad Holmes stood up, um, you know after taking over and said that you know this was a retool and not a rebuild, he was absolutely selling dreams to us. Um, because this is the, the, an absolutely massive rebuild and, and not something that's going to be sorted in, in one season. And I think in, in every game, um, the damage that the whole Quintricia era has done to our roster 
um, is, you know, exposed. And, and again, and it, and it was in, in, in this game. Um, so, you know, it was, you were playing a very, very bad team. Um, and unfortunately, if you're in a rebuild, one of the absolute keystones that you need in the modern NFL is a quarterback. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into the Bears quarterback travise over, you know, the next few minutes. Um, but Jared Goff is just not a, a quarterback that's capable of being the, the, the building block in any rebuild. So that's that's one reason. Uh, and I think because there's been so much concern about how bad our offence has been, um, I think they're just overthinking the defence big time, which led to obviously the, the double timeout, um, you know, kind of paralysis of decision-making right at the end, which I'm sure you guys enjoyed because it was just an absolute meltdown. So, Steve, it's good to talk with you. And that actually leads me into my question because I think a lot of people were intrigued by Dan Campbell when he came to the Lions. He has this interesting attitude about he just wants to bite kneecaps and go at it. But obviously he's winless and he's made some very questionable decisions. So where do you stand on Dan Campbell right now as we're like almost most of the way through the season? I, th- I think I'm, I'm still very much um, on board with Dan Campbell but with a couple of caveats. Um, I don't know how much you guys follow um, soccer over in the UK, um, but in in the UK kind of like Premier League, over the last few years, we've seen like a massive shift in terms of coaching, um, in terms of what is seen as a winning coach. And, you know, growing up in the Sir Alex Ferguson era of Manchester United, where they absolutely dominated, and you know, like a, I guess Alex Ferguson is like a Belichick esque size figure in, in terms of like soccer, in terms of his presence, his leadership, his vision. That was kind of always the model. And then over the last few years, um, we've seen like the nerds take over, like the data nerds. So now, um, in terms of what success is judged with in terms of soccer, um, it's all about data analysis and how you use that information practically on you know game day. And, and that's where we've seen some, some fantastic coaches, you know, Liverpool, the Chelsea um, coming through and, and just completely revolutionising the soccer um, scene. And where you had a coach who was a good guy, a good leader, you know, could really rouse them in the dressing room with a, a big motivational half-time speech. These guys are have now been overtaken and they're just dinosaurs. And I think in the NFL, Dan Campbell very much falls into that bracket. You know, he is the big guy with the big personality. Yeah, I'm sure he can motivate the players. I'm sure he does get them flying out the tunnel like, you know, like the Al Pacino speech in any given Sunday. But is is that what wins in the modern NFL? Or do you want like a guy, like a real pointy head who has done all his data work, his desks full of Excel spreadsheets, and he knows exactly where to get these differentials? And to me, and looking at what's happened with Campbell, you know, it, as a guy, I like him. I think, you know, I think he's a really likable guy. I think he's quite self-deprecating I like his persona you know I, li- I like the big chat and and uh, um, you know the sort of the image that he portrays and, and in terms of how he wants to get his players fighting 
but I need someone that's competent. I need someone that, you know, can organize and can absolutely manipulate the highly schemes to, to get a competitive edge. And, you know, we had 13 players on the field at one point. We called two timeouts back to back. You know, every game that our defense has played recently has shown some really, really, um, you know, good phases that's then let down by a massive blown coverage. And this is my big fear, not, not just incidentally about Campbell, but Aaron Glenn, um, you know, as well, because Glenn's got to be culpable in, in terms of what happened on um, last night. Let's ask this, because Steve, I know you cover the entire NFL for NFL Scotland. Um, as much as you possibly can, putting your Lions fandom aside just a bit, which of these two just god-awful football teams, the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions, these these bottom-feeding, just terrible, terrible football. I just want to make sure that everybody is aware that, that there was, we're talking about bad, bad football teams here. Which of these teams is closer to getting themselves out of the garbage heap? I mean, I, I think that's a fairly, um, for you guys, you, you, you kind of know where this is going. I mean, you've got the quarterback of the future there in Justin Fields. And, you know, yeah, is Fields a finished article? Absolutely not. Have they found the right scheme for him? Definitely not. He's, he's still very much a work in progress. But you've got a guy there who's going to be your building block going forward. And I think once you've got that, that chess piece in place, everything else kind of will follow. I think when we talked earlier in, in um, I think after the draft, and we talked about how many holes there are in the in the Bears roster. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn absolutely just left us with like a, a, a talent void. But you, you know, you guys, um, in terms of like looking at the draft ahead, there's so many holes that you've got to fill, and you're not going to be able to just do that with free agency. But I kind of feel with with the Lions, it's you know it's a rebuild that's going to need two or three years because a lot of the players we've drafted recently haven't really worked out, um, and a lot of the free agency, those like one two year contracts, we've just not found the right people that are going to be able to stick around and you know get that second contract. So for me, the Bears are probably a couple of years advanced. I think. The problem that we've both got is that you, you know, as part of my NFL Scotland coverage, I was watching the game between the Packers and the Vikings. Um, are those two perfect teams? Are they both, are they either of them going to win a Super Bowl this year? No, nah, absolutely not. Um, but there's a lot of talent in both those rosters. Um, and it does feel like there is a, a huge split in the NFC North in terms of between where the Vikings and the Packers are and how things are down in the murky depths. <laughs> you, do, uh, I mean, would, would you, do you guys agree with that? I, I think I think everything you said is is pretty spot on. Uh, I you know just thinking about the Bears secondary is just uh, you you kind of raised that question when we talked uh, pre uh, preseason, and uh, I think you were very very spot on about that. I was kind of hoping that our our 
uh, defensive line especially would, would help to alleviate some of the pressure in the back, but uh, it just hasn't happened. And, you know, after, after cornerback one, the bears are just in an, an abysmal spot in terms of safeties and corners and everything else. So yeah, no, I, d- I definitely think so. Um, Steve, I, this is kind of the, the last question for you here is, uh, you guys, the, the, the rest of your season, is there a game at, after this one that you're kind of circling to say, Hey, the lions, we've probably got a shot at this one. Or are you just saying, Hey, you know what? We don't really care about this season. This is, you know, just get, get our rookies some experience and we're moving on to the draft. I mean, I, I kind of um, shot myself in the foot when um, I, I circled the Eagles game because the Eagles are not a good team um, with, with a lot of holes in, in their, their roster. And, and I, I kind of thought, you know, that that was the game where we could, you know, maybe get some momentum building and end up finishing with like four or five wins. And of course, we absolutely just got humped by the Eagles in just brutal fashion. Um, and I kind of thought that, that the Bears game would be close. And, you know, obviously it was because, I, you know, the, the struggles you, you guys have had with your offence. Um, I think if you look at the rest of our, our games, maybe the Falcons game, which I think is week 15 or 16, because the, Falcon, the Falcons are a pretty one-dimensional team. Maybe the Packers in week 17, because I think the Packers will probably be playing their second and third string. So that could actually be our best chance of a win. Steve, it's Patrick, I, I don't have a question for you because Shagru took mine, but I did want to point out um, we have a fan from the UK talking about soccer and we didn't take the cheap Ted Lasso joke. So kudos to the rest of the, the, uh, the cast <laughs> for not making the Ted Lasso joke. I just wanted to point that out. Well done, guys. Steve, Steve, we want to say thank you very much. And you know what, my friend, I know that there is always our our joint distaste, our, no, that's not even, a, that's not a good enough word. Our joint hatred of the Green Bay Packers, uh, that we'll have that together. And anytime that they're playing, we can, we can always say mean things about Aaron Rodgers together. So at least we have that, my friend, right? Yeah, it's, it's like a mixture of disgust, distaste. Um, yeah, just, I mean, the guy's an absolute balance. So, you know, it's easy to hate. Absolutely. Uh, Steve Collins. Folks, again, you can find him on NFL Scotland. You can find him on Roar of the Lions uh, and at Zero Dark 40 on Twitter. Uh, Steve, any last parting thoughts before we send you off here? I mean, thanks for having me on, guys. I think, um, you know, it's going to be a long season for you. And I, I just hope, um, with all jokes aside, I just hope that you can get rid of Nagy as quickly as possible. Um, and, you know, for me... Ryan Pace is absolutely complicit in all of this. So I hope that he um, he doesn't manage to kind of scapegoat Nagy and, and slink away into the background and, and that he's removed as well. Because, you know, it, in terms of the whole um, draft strategy and you've seen what happened with Tevin Jenkins and, uh, you know, it, it's a, an absolute dumpster fire. And um, the sooner that you're kind of cleansed of that and that you can have a, a new regime and, and management, you're going to move on and, you know, for, for all that like, messing about, we, we don't want to see the Packers dominate the NFC North for the next five to 10 years. I still think Rodgers might be there next season, which uh. would just be revolting, but I, I, I don't know. Um, and we want it, want it to be competitive. You know, we don't want it a one-sided division. So let's, let's get a, a good Bears team that we can compete with maybe in two or three seasons. Absolutely. Steve Collins, everybody. Steve, thank you so much. Thank Cheers, you. guys. 
Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 67 years. With five barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, they have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go online to sheridansbarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. I went online. I think I just grabbed my phone and... Uh, you know, found their website easy, like super easy. Lemons easy. Book my appointment. Met will sponsor or not sponsor. One hundred percent would recommend that you go get faded up at Sheridan's. I don't know about you guys, but I I really like Steve. Steve and I we've had a couple conversations via text back and forth, and I just every single time I just think, damn, I wish that guy did not cheer for the lions. Cause he is such a likable guy. Um, you know, we just, and it's always fun. You know, we, we get into the things that you're not supposed to talk about politics, like you know, going back and forth and just kind of getting his insight into it. But I, I think he, he, he's spot on in a lot of his analysis. Um, so it's good to kind of hear his breakdown, but you know what that means. We heard one breakdown and of course, boys, that means it is time for the better breakdown. Brendan's breakdown. Let's hear it, baby. Before I get into it, I really, really got close to just breaking down my entire Thanksgiving day instead because of this game. But that's not what you guys want to hear. You guys want to hear the Bears breakdown. The Bears and the Lions took part in their third Thanksgiving game in four years, which begs the question, why does the NFL hate us so much to shove this down our throats time and time again? The early game of the slate was sluggish as usual, with the Lions making the first carve in the turkey. Artie Burns lived up to his namesake as he was cooked immediately by Josh Reynolds' rap. Make sure to foil up your leftovers, folks. Chicago's offense shook off the trip to fan with Andy Dalton connecting with Jimmy Graham crusted pie who got his just desserts with his first score of the season. The Bears had the lead at half, but after a rousing performance by Big Sean, Detroit was inspired for some reason. Jared Goff said, I don't hawk with you to find TJ Hawkinson retaking the lead for a touchdown. It was all up to the red rifle to take this turkey down and bag it up for a win. Dalton engineered a drive that took longer than it does to explain cryptocurrency to your grandmother, putting the bears in position to win. Save the turkey leg for Cairo Santos because he used his leg to give the bears a 16-14 win. That was that was my favorite ever. That, that and it was it's so much better than watching that, was that awesome. god awful <laughs> football game. That like everything about that was better. Shells, I figured you would love the crypto. That was awesome. Metaphor. I loved it. I loved it. That was Why well does done. The, why does the NFL hate us? That was perfect. <laughs> I, that that that's a tradition, and I don't remember who tweeted. it. I think everybody tweeted it out. Can we watch that tradition go away? No one wants to watch the Detroit Lions anymore on Thanksgiving. Like we don't. No one wants to see that. They've nope. been I, okay. Hear me out, boys. I'm I was thinking of the the worst the worst four NFL franchises right now. Detroit Lions right there at the top. The New York Jets, probably a close second. The Houston Texans, just because of recent events, they are an absolute dumpster fire. And probably Chicago Bears, maybe Jacksonville, somewhere in there. What do, what do, what do you guys think? I think I'd put Jacksonville and the Giants just ahead of us. But yeah, I, we're in the photo for sure. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. Yeah. Bottom I'm going to have more thoughts right, right now, currently. Yeah, right now. Right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have more thoughts on the whole like Lions Bears Thanksgiving game later, but 
or like the tradition, I mean, of, of all of that. Cause you're right. It, it, I'll save it, but uh, definitely not happy with, <laughs> with all that goes on with that either. Let's just get into the news really quick. Uh, for any of you that haven't listened to our last episode, please go back and listen. I, I, I stand by this statement. I think that is the best podcast that we have made here at Bear Down Report. And even though Matt Nagy hasn't been fired yet, unfortunately, uh, we do kind of break down the what has happened. Like why, how did we get to this point after that promising 2018 start? Um, and I think that was when some of the, like, the really, really good work came out. And I just, uh, Shell's like, I still, like I was, I was talking about it probably for like an hour after we got off the pod, just thinking, Oh my God, Sheldon is a genius. And so, so thanks for dropping that in there. Um, boys, I, I guess sort of, we should talk about this football game that we watched on Thanksgiving mm. question mark. Well, yeah, I think we, I think it's unavoidable, right? I mean, it's kind of like we're called the bear down report. Hence, it's not fun to it's not fun to hate your team. Nobody wants to hate your team. Nobody here wants to hate the Bears. And that's why I think we kind of talk about this and we're so angsty and oftentimes conflicted by it because boy, we I think we we would all really love to love our team and talk glowingly about how great they are. Instead, we've got this. Like this is the the hand that we're dealt. And I think personally, you all are genius at making it fun and funny. I know I enjoy it, but it is, it's some work, man. There's not a lot of, there's like trying to get water out of a rock sometimes here. Well, I, I know Sheldon said it uh, in our last episode that he wouldn't be watching the game. He was spending time with his family uh, if it wasn't for having to have this pod. So let's make it worth Sheldon's time. Let's get some overall thoughts on the game. So we are going to go Sheldon, Shagru, Wright, and I will finish it up. Yeah, it, it was more the same for me. I know there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, maybe this game was a little bit different and folks are getting excited about our first 300 yard passer in forever, but I didn't see any difference in this game from every other game that the bears have played this season. Um, especially the ones that uh, Dalt was under center. We put up 16 points against the lions guys. Like what, what is, what are we talking about? You know, this idea that we'd be what, I guess now seven and three uh, or seven and four under, under hubs thought, if we had rolled with Dalton the whole time, he put up 16 points. Let me just go through some quick stats here. The first game against the Lions, in which Justin Fields started, we put up 24 points. Fields was 11 for 17 for 209 yards. Dalton put up 16 points. He threw 39 passes. He threw more passes in the first half, 26, than Justin Fields threw the entire game uh, in game one. And he only threw for 108 more yards and put up eight less points. So th this idea that somehow the offense was a little bit better or more uh, fine-tuned under Dalton is a farce. Um, it was more the same. And I, I'm sure Nagy, and he should, right, because he's fighting for his job, will spin it appropriately and talk about how this team is calloused and galvanized and we fought and he called them warriors and all the platitudes that you heap on, um, you know, your team after your third consecutive five-plus game losing streak. But um, – it, it was no different for me. And even through the bourbon and the pecan pie, it looked identical uh, to every other game the Bears have played this year. I was pretty indifferent. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a game we should have won. The Lions are the worst franchise in professional football right now. And they still only beat them by two with a very average offense. Like you said, 16 points. It's nothing to write home about. 
I actually felt better. It's weird. Like as bears fans, like you're happy for your own joy and pleasure getting a win. Like, you know, yes, my team won. I'm so happy. Like this is the best day ever. I was honestly more happy for the players just like being able to like get a win because of all the crap that they've dealt with this week, because it's, it's been a lot. We detailed it earlier this week and we referenced that earlier, but like I, I more like sit back and just think, you know what? Good for you guys. Like you, you do deserve this win because you're on the field. You're putting your heart out there and it's good to see you guys get the win as a bears fan. I just don't really care because this is, it's already a lost season. We know what we've got with Andy Dalton. He could step in in a pinch and do just fine for you. But what else is there? Uh, and still, like 16 points. You got to like nail that down. 16 points. I know Cairo Santos missed a field goal, but that's still under 20 points, which is just inexcusable against the Lions. And Patrick, you you mentioned it, man. The fact that Andy Dalton threw so much. I know we... We joke about like, well, is Nagy calling the plays? Is Laser calling the plays? This was Matt Nagy's game plan from start to finish. They barely ran the ball. I believe Montgomery only had 13 carries, 13 carries for 46 yards. He has not been, he's not been utilized the way that he was earlier in the season when the Bears were actually having some success prior to him getting hurt. And, And it's just, what are we doing with that? Like you're really trotting out Andy Dalton to throw 40 times to barely beat the lions. Like why not get your running back going against the second worst rushing defense in the league, but Hey, a win's a win. Again, I feel happy for the players. I do in a sense, I do feel happy for Matt Nagy. I know the game ball thing we'll get into like all of that, but I just think after the week they've had on a human side, it's nice that they were able to get this win and just sort of, you know, wrap all this up and, in some positive fashion, I guess, before the next game. Two really excellent points, honestly, Brendan. I think you, we do forget about the human side of this game, and there are humans playing it, and they um, are competitive, and they love the game, and they certainly are trying their best. And I used to use one of my favorite quotes was a Dick Vermeil quote when I coached, and it, it's essentially, you know, when you don't work very hard, losing doesn't hurt that bad, and winning doesn't mean that much. And the work that goes into these games, the weeks, the preparation, the film watching, and the physicality of the game, you know, you're, you're right. It, it, it is nice to see those guys get a win. I, I would never begrudge them to be like, oh, I just hope you keep losing and losing. That, it just, and when you're in it, when you're coaching, when you're in the building or playing, football is a grind. Right. And, and to never get that reward of a win is, is very difficult to put it mildly. So I guess stepping back and just thinking about that for a moment, I think is really is, is important. And, and I thought if they were going to win the game, they would have to run the ball. That was your second point. And the fact that they just didn't very much. Um, I mean, it was uh, uh, four carries for Herbert, uh, six for Dalton and uh, 17 for, for Montgomery. I mean, just, I don't get it. I still don't get it. It's not like all of a sudden I had an epiphany and I was like, oh, now it's all coming together. Now I see Matt Nagy's genius. This is brilliant. I mean, no, there's far from it. I I totally get that. And I think I've kind of been the champion of, of saying like, hey, Matt Nagy is a, a human being. But at the same time, like he was like throwing down his headset and opening up Club Dub for barely. And I mean, barely beating a winless football team. I got, I don't, I don't get it. 
like I think for the most part, uh, Bears fans understood it. Um, but there were a, a couple people, uh, some some writers who I just won't talk about because you know whatever that are that are saying, look, Matt Nagy probably saved his job. And I know some people did it in jest, uh, but some people did it like seriously. They're like, yeah, I think this dude saved his job. What? Why? I mean, <laughs> I. I didn't want Cairo Santos to miss the field goal at the end because I love Cairo Santos and I don't like the Detroit lions, but if he missed it, I think I would have laughed pretty hard because they kind of deserve to lose that game yesterday. I thought that for a moment. I was like, if, if they miss it, if he misses it, they lose after all of that debacle that was going on at the end. I just thought that would be appropriate. Not hoping for it, not wishing for it, but I just thought, man, he misses it. That's so bears. I just want to real quick talk about the club dub comment because I thought I think it's an interesting um, thing. And I know Braggs tweeted out uh, a comment about how Michael Jordan would never have done something like that after such a, a bad losing streak after beating a winless Lions team wouldn't have celebrated in that manner. And you know, I just thought it was an interesting thing to think about. And I don't know that I've got a position on it one way or the other. It didn't really bother me that they were celebrating because of the human element that we talked about earlier, but it did get me thinking. And I come back to one root cause for why bears fans seem to be pitted against each other with half the fan base openly rooting for losses, another fan base, you know, rooting for wins um, fans seemingly upset over players celebrating. And there's one reason why, and it's George McCaskey. And if we felt confident that he could see through the noise and objectively look at the team and assess it fairly and say, yeah, despite the fact that, um, you know, they seem to be having a good time, they're still a bad team and Nagy still has to go. If we had faith and confidence that McCaskey could do that, I don't think we would care whether they won a few meaningless games or not. But the reality is, is, is McCaskey's probably looking at this going, well, hey, gosh, golly, guys, they really fought hard and look at the players celebrating and they love Matthew and we're, you know, they're battling and it, he's done it before. They won a few meaningless games last year. They won a few meaningless games the year before. They snuck into the playoffs and McCaskey's viewed that as, you know, um, success. And I think if we had more faith in the ownership of this team and believe that uh, they could they could objectively assess the head coach and the team, we wouldn't be so upset over stuff like that. And, and I think he's to blame. So let's focus our ire at George McCaskey and not each other. Patrick, that is absolutely spot on. That's, that's, that's an excellent point. Yeah. This, we don't trust this front office um, to, to look at this and say, you barely beat the, the winless Detroit lions. Uh, and so that part is, yeah, you're right. That's spot on. That's, that's really, really frustrating. All right, boys, it's time to get to the outhouse and the penthouse. The Outhouse and Penthouse is brought to you by Jeff Cadwalder. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home this next year, visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff Cadwalder with App Properties can help you. As a third-generation realtor, Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Jeff provides lots of information and market insight without any pressure, so you can make an informed decision about your next real estate experience. Visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more or Call, text Jeff at 630-254-4734 to speak directly with Jeff. All right. So, boys, I've been thinking about this. How do we feel about this? When the Bears win, we'll go penthouse first. And when the Bears lose, we'll go outhouse first. You feel good about that? I feel good about that. I like it. 
All right, cool. All right, so Bears one, kind of. Uh, so let's go <laughs> Penthouse. Uh, let's go Jack Wright, Brendan Chagru, Patrick Sheldon, and I will finish it up. I've got one brief one that just is the fact that the Bears were penalized five times for 50 yards in comparison to the Lions who were penalized 10 times for 68 yards. So good on you, Bears, for being penalized a little less than average and twice as little as your opponent. That's great. Good job. Hey, how about the long ball? I mean, honestly, uh, completions of 52, 16, 19, 17, 12, and 13 yards. I mean, we have been clamoring for that all, all year long. And it was nice to see, at least in terms of the aerial assault. And believe me, I agree with everything that was said previously about the scheme and the game plan and all of that stuff. A lot of times I think there's like big asterisks next to all of this stuff. Just in isolation, watching the ball be whipped around the field a little bit, some crossing routes, some deep routes, some post routes. That was fun, you know, and I do think Dalton has a knack for that as a pocket quarterback. He's got more experience in that regard. I'm not really, I guess, trying to make a case for either quarterback because that's just noise in my opinion. But I, I really enjoyed that part of the game. So I would say the, the longer passes and the aerial attack was in my penthouse this week going to kind of stick i'll stick with andy dalton somewhat on the field but mostly off but i'll cover it on the field first you know what he looked very pretty solid albeit against a bad lions defense and i kept thinking while watching him and maneuver around the pocket and actually make plays happen i'm like you know what if we had andy dalton in 2020 and 2019 like this team would have been a little more fun and obviously with justin fields now that's the focus and it should be the focus but i just keep thinking like man we really could have done a little bit better with him. I'm not sure how far the bears would have gone. Really? He's still limited, but you know, seeing him being able to like actually throw the ball down the field, like Jack said, you didn't really see that earlier this season. So that was, that was at least nice to see that they were like pushing the ball downfield, but I'm more impressed with Andy Dalton's off the field leadership that happened before the game. So a story came out, the team was at the hotel and Andy Dalton stepped up and he basically said, guys, like, look, this week has been BS. We got to go out there. We got to play for ourselves. Like we got to leave it all out in the field, kind of like that rah-rah stuff. But coming from Andy Dalton, I think for somebody who's been in the league for 10 plus years, it carried a little bit different weight. And Darnell Mooney said it. And I think Robert Quinn said it. And it was nice to see somebody else, a veteran, to stand up and say, you know, this is what we need to do. And we just have to have each other's backs out there. So I, I really appreciate Andy stepping up as a leader. He's been put in a tough position. And I think we all understand, like, we like Andy Dalton as a guy. We think he's an okay quarterback. We want Justin Fields. And he's just been put in a really awkward spot coming in as the quote unquote starter, but getting benched. So I was really proud of what Andy Dalton kind of did stepping up because God knows Andy or Matt Nagy can't really do it. So I'm probably going to surprise some folks here with my penthouse candidate because I've been fairly critical of him um, for a while and it's Cole Komet. Um, and look, I, I, I kind of maintain my position. He's fine. I think he's going to be a fine player, but uh, I didn't like to pick where it was. I think you need more dynamic players around too, but I'm glad to see they finally used him um, 
and maximized his his qualities and his skill set. And I think he could be a very effective safety valve. Um, and they used him appropriately yesterday. And, and he, he played well. He had eight catches for 65 yards. Um, he made himself a big target. You know, again, I don't know that you're going to see the the um, the dynamic playmaking uh, that that play on third down comes to mind. You know, I, I'd like to see a, um, him break through and, and get that first down. But um, I thought he played well. I think that's exactly the way the Bears have to use him. Uh, we'll see if they can continue to do that. That's that's two games that they've used him appropriately. The problem is they don't stack those together. Uh, if they can figure out a way to to stack those performances and and use him in that way consistently, I think he's going to be a lot more productive. But uh, kudos to Cole Komet. I thought he had a great game. And then I'll throw in a couple honorable mentions here. Uh, I'm going to beat the pavement for Roquan again. He was awesome. And Travis Gibson. Uh, he played hard every snap that I watched. I, I, I wanted to see him develop and I watched him uh, pretty closely yesterday and I, I thought he was all over the field flying around. So uh, those are two honorable mentions for me. You know, uh, playing off of that, Patrick, I, I was going to talk about the tight ends, you know, the use of the tight ends. They had about a hundred yards uh, in the game and, you know, thinking back to where we were three years ago, possibly uh, where there was just two years ago. Thank you so much. There, there, there were no tight ends on this team. Um, and, and now, you know, they're, they're legitimate receiving weapons. Uh, you know, I still don't understand why Jimmy Graham is on this football team. Uh, when you, when you could have kept uh, a, a guy who's probably not good enough on the Denver Broncos cornerback depth chart, but He's definitely got to be better than Artie Burns and Kendall Vildor. Uh, just going to put that out there one more time. I'm not even going to name names, but everybody knows who I'm talking about. Um, and so, yeah, the, the use of the tight ends. You know, uh, Cole Komet, he's second in receiving in the Bears right now, 361 yards. That's both a good and a bad. Uh, this point of the season, your second leading receiver has 361 yards. I'm sorry. That wasn't meant to be funny, but... <laughs> As I say it out loud now, whoo, man, that's pretty, that's <laughs> pretty brutal, man. Oh, it's, geez. It's, it's pretty awful. Darnell Mooney leading the team with 694 yards. Like, you know, in a 17 game season, he, he probably will reach a thousand yards, which, you know, is a, was a great benchmark in the 16 game season. So we'll see what it means in the 17 game season. But my other, my other mention for the penthouses are our, our bears fans that realized that you shouldn't celebrate this win and that Matt Nagy should still be fired. It still had a, a lot of my friends texting me and people I, I saw on Twitter just uh, realize that this team is still very much an embarrassment and, and, and should be as such. All right, boys, let's head out to the outhouse. Let's shake it up a little bit here. Brendan, I don't think you've gone first in a while. And so, uh, you know, I don't, I didn't mean to, uh, to, to keep putting you uh, in the middle or last. And so nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> Nobody puts Brendan or, in the corner. Or, yeah, I or made a big sure. stink about it too. I texted Ryan <laughs> privately, like, "Look, I am I sick of this." <laughs> You're so, such a diva. Sometimes it doesn't surprise oh, me. Oh man, yeah. so so true. All right, so we're gonna go Brendan, Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, and I will finish it up. Who's in your outhouse, boys? All right, so I teased this earlier, but my outhouse is the NFL schedule makers. I am so flipping sick of the bears playing on Thanksgiving. This is the third time in four years. We went a decade without having the bears on Thanksgiving. And, you know, for me, at least I was a child when that was happening. So I was kind of like, yeah, this is fun. We get to watch bears on Thursday football. 
now as an adult with responsibilities and hosting family and little, you know, whether it's pets, kids running around, I hate it, especially with the lions, because we're trying to get everything put together around the house. There's cooking involved. There's inviting guests over while this football game's happening at 1130 in the morning. I just can't take it anymore, NFL. Please, for the love of God, give us a break and don't put the Bears on Thanksgiving or at the very least, don't put them in the early game with the Lions, all right? Like for me, that's when family's coming over and it's it's so hard to pay attention to the game. Put them at the night game. That's when everybody's sort of like had their food, had their liquor, and you could just sit down and enjoy a good football game. And the other thing is with the Lions – I think we're all sick. Maybe I don't want to speak for Detroit Lions fans, but I think we're a little bit sick of the Lions just always having Thanksgiving. Not only that, but always the early slate. Like every time I think about Thanksgiving football, it always starts with the Lions and it's just such a bore. It's so it's like that nasty appetizer that somebody's passing around. Like, okay, just get this out of my face and give me the main course. Like Dallas Cowboys football sounds a little bit better, even when they're not even that good. And of course the late game, So I'm look, I I understand people really enjoy watching the bears on Thanksgiving because they have their families with them, but some of us don't. So please NFL, stop it. You are in the penthouse or you are in the outhouse and you will remain in the outhouse until you take the bears off Thanksgiving games. Cause I can't take it anymore. Empty calories. They're empty calories. Well said. I'm curious. Pete shells. Are you familiar with the term Midwest? Nice. Do you know what that term means? Have you heard that before? I haven't, no. Okay. Oh, wow. I just wonder, like, sometimes I think about it, even, like, when we were doing our penthouses, if, like, Sh- uh, Shagru and, and Ryan and I are, like, the epitome of Midwi- Midwest nice. Like, we're just doing our best to be, like, and we think about all the, like, we're, like, yeah, and this guy's a good guy, and that guy's a good guy. <laughs> and I just feel like if we were, like, in Philly or someplace else, like, we'd just be swear, like, a litany of profane, like, profane-laced, you know, diatribes would be coming out so I, just, I don't know something i was thinking about randomly no that's that's a good that's a good catch jack i, I mean I, I prefer to be nice than a new yorker personally and that you know i don't know many new yorkers but i'd rather be you know I, it's nice to be nice uh, and i agree with you like we when we host we want to host and i guess that kind of leads me into my you know my outhouse a bit because you guys know i have some strong opinions about how i watch a bears football game and usually that's by myself with nobody else and a pad of paper and and that's it so watching the game with my full family you know at my my sister's house it it is distracting right so i i'm not nearly as hone in on the game as I would like to be even a bad game. You know, I like to be able to take the notes and do some analysis. I really enjoy it. I mean, we've all, it's well documented. We love doing this. So you tell me, this is maybe more of a question than it is a full out penthouse, but what the absolute was going on at the end of the game? Like what in the absolute was going, like, I don't understand. Like the combination of Matt and Aggie and the, and the, and the knee biter on the other side and the, and the back-to-back timeouts and, and that whole debacle, like I, Again, I may have just like missed the buildup to it, but what freaking team has the ball in the red zone and instead of just stepping on the necks of their opponent and going for the juggler and scoring a touchdown, and even if you do it with very little time on the game because you're afraid that your defense is going to blow it again, but you still go for the end zone. 
Like, I mean, again, and tell me if I'm wrong, because maybe that was the ideal thing to do was to drip the clock down to nothing, kick the field goal, win and go home. And I could see a case being made for that. But I hated every moment of it. I'm so tired of us being afraid to lose. It just was one big ball of bad and frustration all in that, like, whole sequence of events. I was, uh, oh, my God, like what the actual, sorry, I just... What is going on? Like, am I wrong on this? I mean, do you, I don't get it. Do you need a virtual hug, Jack? Oh my Brendan, gosh. Brendan like, needed it so last pissed. week. Like, I couldn't text you guys throughout the game, but when that went down, I was like, "What? What is? What is going on right now?" Like, I don't understand. Like, Dalton doesn't even know how to take a knee. Like, every time he took a knee, I was like, "What? Like, how are you double clutching on taking a knee, Andy Dalton? Like, take two steps back and take a knee. Like the whole thing." And then Detroit's flying people on and off the field. I was like. I, at that moment, I was questioning, like, even enjoying the game of football. Like, I've been doing this all my life, like, watching it and playing it and coaching it, and now I'm doing a podcast. Maybe I should turn to soccer or something because this is like a dumpster fire wrapped in, a like, one of your baby's dirty diapers, Shell or Ryan. I mean, I, did they do the right thing? Am I wrong? I mean, did they play it perfectly and win the game or what? I don't get it. So let me just jump in on the Dan Campbell part because I did see his – press conference after and he might just be bsing after the fact but he said he's like look we did not have the personnel on that field we were going to get burned for a touchdown so i took the chance to just take the penalty and do it i know i knew it was wrong but i also knew we were going to get burned for a touchdown if we didn't do that so that was his explanation well, we weren't even trying first. to score a that i heard that too and i get it they were in the wrong coverage they, they you know the bears checked into like max protection and so they're like well you know, we're, we're screwed. So back-to-back timeouts, we'll take the penalty. But am I wrong? I don't, the Bears weren't trying to score a touchdown at that point, were they? No, you're, you're 100% right, Jack. I mean, that, that game was called, um, that game was called by a guy who was hanging on by a thread and trying to avoid a six-game losing streak. Um, I mean, it, it, he's coaching scared. He's coaching, he's desperate. He, I said it earlier, he's a desperate coach and that scares me. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the side-by-side, of him and Campbell trying to call timeouts at the same time. Like <laughs> who's the most incompetent guy here. I was waiting for like the Benny Hill music to be piped yes. in over that graphic. It was right. just, what, Matt Cam- or Dan Campbell out like, Nagy, Matt Nagy. Exactly. One of my family members was like, Oh no, 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 wait, you, you're not going to be the worst coach in the league. Coach in the league. Hold <laughs> up. Let me get a timeout. I'm worse, bro. <laughs> I'm the worst. Let's just get this marked down. Everybody. Yeah. Well, and real quickly, I don't, I don't know if you're done with your point, but like we, we, yeah, we've seen this from Matt Nagy. Remember the Chargers game two years ago when he didn't want to try to go for the end zone and he didn't even want to advance the ball for an Eddie Pinero kick that cost them the game. <laughs> this is who he is. He is a scared coach that well, will just do whatever it takes to not lose a game instead of win a game. We, we don't forget this. he put him on the wrong hash too. He did. So oh, which, one of you, which one of you posted? Was it one of you that posted uh, when? when Nagy was like pulling off his headset at the end of the game, like all this like macho shit, like just won that bitch in game bros. Like, and I was like, and he's like chest bumping Tabor. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, my that was, dear. Uh, what is, what is this? Yeah. Uh, happy for them. But he, you know, l- let's read the room a little bit, Matt. It, <laughs> right. it, you right. know, I, yeah, I texted or I tweeted something about it. it. Was like, you know, when you finally beat your six-year-old in Madden after getting yes, your ass. That was you. <laughs> that was so five perfect. times in a row. Yes. Throw the headset down, right. like rubbing yeah, your face. It's like, yeah, 
It's like when I beat my nine-year-old nephew at the Wii bowling tournament yeah. that we have every year for Thanksgiving, right? And it's like, I'm getting all chesty on him. Come yeah. on. Yeah. So Be happy. Uh, celebrate with your team. But, oh boy. <laughs> I appreciate the ability to vent. And that's a diatribe. But I, th I think it's pretty clear what's what's in my outhouse is that debacle <laughs> that ended the game, win or lose. That was bull. So a couple quick honorable mentions before I get to my outhouse, uh, and I'll be quick because I've, I've talked a lot. And I apologize. But cornerback depth, um, I think that was obvious, and that falls at the feet of Ryan Pace. And Darnell Mooney drops. Uh, it's becoming a theme this season, and I don't like it, and it needs to stop. Uh, but officially in my outhouse, I'm going to um, – it may have been you, Shagru, uh, from last week that put the broadcast team in the outhouse, or may maybe it was Jack. I'm sorry, I can't remember, but – I'm going to put them in there. Um, look, I get these were two terrible teams and I get it's fun to yuck it up, but uh, you know, Aikman and, and Buck, we're not paying you guys to be comedians up there. You know, the comments about, Oh, this is a shootout at 13 to seven. And then, you know, ragging on the lions that because they don't know how to um, kick an extra point. Cause they're not familiar with scoring touchdowns. It's like, all right, you know, um, do your job, right? We're not paying you to, uh, or, or sitting there waiting for you to be, you know, a jokester. Just call the game, be critical when it's appropriate, uh, but give me some analysis, right? I, I don't know. I thought they try, they get a little too cute sometimes in the broadcast, and it just kind of, it came across as a little bit uh, kitschy to me. Jakeem Grant Jr., the return man. Not actually as, as a weapon on the offense. I think he's actually, he's kind of found a niche. He's, he's quick. He can move in, in, in a small amount of space. I've, I've kind of liked him in that role. But as a kick returner, do you guys think he knows that if he takes a knee, we get it at the 25, as opposed to when he runs it six yards deep and makes it to the 18-yard line uh, that we would actually be in a worse off position. Do you think he knows that? Because I I'm sick of watching this dude try to, to run out of the end zone when you're five or six yards deep and then not even make it to the 20 yard line. Like what? Stop doing that. Like, please stop doing that. It's, it's really, it's, it's not fun to watch. Artie Burns. I thought Kindleville door was bad, but you let Jared Goff, this is all of the secondary go 21 for 25 with a 121.8 quarterback rating. Jared Goff is not good. He's not a good quarterback and they made him look like a good quarterback. And so that that's it for me, boys. Let's try to make these brief if we can, because we still have the most fervent uh, debates coming up here at the end game balls. Who are they going out to? I'm going first. I never get to go first. And so I'm going to go first on this one. My game ball goes to my wife, Kate. She came to play. Uh, it was just us and one of my good friends, our good friends that, that came over for, for dinner. And she made a feast for like seven people. Everything was homemade, fresh, and incredible. As soon as I finish this podcast, I'm walking over to the fridge and I'm getting leftovers that my wife has made. And I couldn't be more thrilled about it. So Kate, you are getting my game ball. Let's go, Jack, Brendan, and Patrick. I'm going to give one to uh, Jalen Johnson, not only for his play on the field, but also for his leadership off, um, you know, in the absence of, um, you know, uh, Roquan, who went out, hopefully that hamstring injury isn't serious. 
Uh, he led the team in tackles. Uh, he's been a, a great cornerback. I mean, there's a reason that they're like, throwing to the other side, and that's partially because uh, Jalen Johnson's playing so well. And then secondarily, I think we've you know kind of like been around the discussion of you know, there's a few players on this team who aren't satisfied with losses and 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 being mediocre. Guys like Quinn and uh, Roquan, and I think Jalen goes in that um, that that pool as well. This, uh, if you didn't check out his comments earlier this week. But he, I mean, he was very specific about being tired of rah-rah speeches and the fact that those don't win any football games. And I just, I, I really like to hear that, you know, uh, given the circumstances that we're in, that there are some folks in that locker room who are still dead set on winning and not okay with mediocrity. And so I liked his honesty in that particular moment, uh, and I liked his play on the field. So Jalen Johnson gets a game ball from me. I'm going to go Robert Quinn. He's been a staple in this for game balls. I mean, he gets the one bear sack again. He strips it from Jared Goff. He's 11 on the season. Robert Quinn has 11 sacks on the season. And that's the last two games he's played. Actually, no, last few games, actually. He's played without Khalil Mack. And he just continues to make plays. He is, I'd say, outside of... Roquan Smith, the best and most consistent player on that defense. And imagine you saying that last year at this time. It's unbelievable. He continues to play with the motor. And I'll also give it to him for this. I love his post-game press conferences because he just doesn't pull any punches. He basically said he was like, yeah, it was nice that the offense did their job and didn't have to put his back on the field. The <laughs> offense did what it's supposed to do by scoring the points and winning the game. So he's still taking shots at Matt Nagy and his offense. I love it. So well done, Robert Quinn. You are playing at a Pro Bowl level, and you deserve all those honors. Uh, real quick, um, America and the rest of the the uh, viewing audience that had to sit through that you know what show yesterday, uh, you all deserve a game ball. And I'm gonna shout out uh, the bottle of Colonel E. H. Taylor that got me specifically through that game yesterday. So uh, those are my two game balls. All right, folks. Before we get to our our very special Thanksgiving debate. Papa Sheldon has a moment for us. He's going to put us on his knee, give us that moment. Uh, Papa Shells, who's it going out to this week? Thanks, Ryan. I'm going to continue the trend of giving thanks uh, fresh off the holiday. And I want to thank um, our listeners. There's a ton of content out there. There's a ton of uh, podcasts out there. And we know you've got options and uh, that you choose to spend some of your time, which we know is incredibly valuable, listening to us talk bears football is something we appreciate beyond comprehension. We can't thank you all enough for your support. Uh, understand that, you know, we're just a cross section of the Chicago bears fandom. Uh, we're just some guys that love this team. We live and die with them. We love talking about them. And uh, you know, we don't sit up here and throw out hot takes just for the sake of it. These are things that we truly believe. These are our personally held beliefs um, that we've developed through years of watching this team and we're sincere about it. And uh, we hope that comes through the broadcast and uh, we really, really do appreciate y'all sticking with us and, and listen to us at week after week. Um, we love doing this for you guys. And we, we hope uh, you know how much we appreciate you. Man. Well said, Sheldon. Well said, Jack. I think that Papa Shells and I just need like 10 seconds before we start this debate. Okay. Um, Patrick. Let's stay friends no matter where this goes. Deal? 
Why are you stretching out, Ryan? What, what do you? Because <laughs> I know this where this debate is going to end. You all so. can't see it, but I think Ryan's trying to intimidate me with a display of weapons on his desk. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh! Hold on, really quick before we get started. Can I do something real quick? Absolutely. <laughs> Let's get ready to crumble. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> Mr. Buffer. Well done. All right, Jack. We this is this is the first time your question has been set up for like three weeks. So let's hear I know. it. Buddy. Let's hear. Let's get it. All right. So I, I went a little bit of a different direction. I think this doesn't need much help from me, right? This whole thing, it's like it's you're cooking with gas already. But it really, it, I think, it comes down to like what are what are your Thanksgiving hard takes? You know, is it, are you like a roasted turkey guy or deep fried? Do you like the dark meat or the light meat? Where are you at on the green bean casserole? What is the best Thanksgiving dessert, which I'm sure we'll get back around to in just a minute. Cranberries. No. Yes. Fresh out of a can. Uh, And uh, do you mix your whole plate up? Where do you go with your plate? Do you mix it up or do you go with like separate things like individually? So what what are your hardest of hard takes when it comes to Thanksgiving, boys. So let's go Dangle, then Shells, then Chagru. I have found lately that I like turkey and I hear a lot of slander against turkey lately and I'm not having it because if you get the right gravy or you have some good dark meat, uh, we did turkey legs yesterday. Again, my wife, Kate, made them to perfection. And I got one left over. Like, legitimately, when this pot is done, I'm going to run to the fridge and I'm going to eat that. And I am done with this turkey slander. Bean, green bean casserole can just go right in the garbage because that's where it belongs. I love green beans. But, dude, just no. Absolutely not. Get out of here. It's disgusting. And I will agree with you, uh, specifically this year, the deep fried turkey that my brother did with a bit of Cajun spice on it and they injected it. I got to say, I've loved, I love Thanksgiving and I love turkey. It's slathered in gravy and all kinds of like potatoes and stuffing. But I'll tell you, it's the first time I've had turkey that stood alone, like just flavorful, delicious turkey meat. And I'm right with you on the green bean casserole and those little fried onion bits of disgustingness like i you just throw like luckily we didn't have it you just puke right now sure look you look like you disagree disagree are you you and the mullet king apparently are fans of the green bean casserole you know when i was a child jack i didn't like green bean casserole i liked green beans but i was like ew that's gross i don't want stuff touching my green beans but as i became an adult and you enjoy wow. the fried onions on top with the no. mixture. It's so good. And guess no. what? No, guess what? Jack Jackson. I almost I was trying to add stuff to your name. Jackson R. Wright. My wife made a really good green bean casserole, and it was the first thing wow. that was completely gone. It wow. was awesome. It was fantastic. Wow. I really don't. I love most Thanksgiving foods. I really do because it's just a chance to eat stuff that you don't really eat that often. I like turkey. I love stuffing. Mashed potatoes are always a staple no matter what. But green bean casserole is good, man. It's really good. I, I couldn't disagree. I got to hear Like, what do you think, Shells? Where are you at on the, on the green bean casserole? Yeah, real, real quick. I know we don't do drops on this show, but can we turn I don't want anything touching my green beans into one? I mean, that just seems like... <laughs> <laughs> right, next to, right next to the dipping sauce right next to the <laughs> <laughs> um 
I'm not. Yeah. I mean, it, the green bean casserole is, is, isn't like top five for me, but it's certainly not at the bottom. I do enjoy a good green bean casserole if cooked correctly. Uh, it's definitely below the broccoli uh, bake for me. I agree with your take on the turkey. I think it's getting too much slander. I, I think you fry your turkey or you brine your turkey. As long as it's moist, it's fine. You don't need to do too much with it. Um, but really the sides are what make up the Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, my, my favorite side is the stuffing because it's so versatile. You put it in the mashed potatoes, you put it on the turkey, you stick it in a sandwich. Uh, and I make one, it's a andouille sausage and cornbread stuffing. It's an oh. emerald recipe. Uh, it's fantastic. It's unbelievable. Um, if you like stuffing, I recommend giving it a try next year. Uh, but Thanksgiving's all about the side dishes for me. Could I ask real quick, Shells, are you stuffing inside the turkey or is it made outside? And it sounds like it's homemade, not box for you. Yeah, it, homemade and, it, and it's outside. My grandmother used to do the, the stuffing, which I think is what you call it when it's in the turkey. And it was awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm not that advanced in my cooking and my culinary skills. So I do the dressing outside, uh, but it's homemade. Yeah. That sounds delicious, by the way. Uh, so the green bean casserole is obviously the hardest of hard takes I have on Thanksgiving. But here's interestingly enough, I, I am a person who eats each individual food separately. I'll go to a restaurant, you know, like get a steak or something, and the, like the waitress will come by and say, "Hey, how's your steak?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Uh, I'm still finishing, you know, my my garlic mashed potatoes over here. But when I try the steak, I'll let you know." And so this is the one exception, man. Mix that stuff all up, delicious. Like just plop some some mashed potatoes on the plate, put some stuffing on the plate, uh, put some turkey on the plate, and just 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 take the whole gravy boat if it's there and just don't even worry about the ladle you know just pour it straight on there and the whole thing together just as one big like you put it in a blender for all i care it's so delicious all mixed up i don't know how you eat those items separately personally okay jack it's time i don't know if you want to set it up or you want me to just let me go because I'm, I'm 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 ready i'm ready for you this go. i would love to hey moment. ryan do you have any thoughts on sweet potato pie just curious here we go okay <laughs> taking a little bit from brendan before you can already hear how amped up I am about this. When I was a child, I thought, oh, hey, pumpkin pie. It's all right. It's okay. It was never something I was like, eh, I'll have it at Thanksgiving, but otherwise, meh. And then about four years ago, my beautiful angelic wife, she turned to me and she said, hey, have you ever had sweet potato pie before? And I said, no, I've never had that before. She put it in front of me and my life was changed. Boys, this is not a debate. It's the sure, whatever, we'll eat pumpkin because, you know, it's Thanksgiving and it, it's, you know, there's an every picture of Thanksgiving, you know, like the Native Americans are next to a gourd of some type, right? And then it was a pumpkin, you know, and all those historically inaccurate images, right? Like you got to have a pumpkin because it's supposed to be there. Sweet potato pie. And there's just no debate. Just there isn't. So Sheldon, shut it. That's what I got to say. <laughs> Listen, sweet potato pie may be made from like recycled Amazon boxes and milk. It is <laughs> awful. Um, I don't know why or who thought of the idea of squishing up some sweet potatoes and putting them in a pie. Like what's next? Radishes, carrots. What, what other pies are we going to make out of vegetables that shouldn't be pies? I always sent you guys a picture. I'm checking out of uh, Walmart with a few things. I got my kids with me and I look over and there are boxes of sweet potato pies at the end cap of the aisle on sale for $3.98. If they're selling your dessert at Walmart for $3.98 on your way out of the store, it can't be good. And if you, there's one pie for Thanksgiving, the be all end all is pecan pie, pecan, 
pecan, wh- wh- however you want to say it, there's no match. Uh, you can serve it with vanilla ice cream, but it does just fine on its own. It doesn't need to be dressed up with whipped cream. doesn't need any additional accoutrement for you to get it down your throat. Uh, please don't make that a drop either. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it is, uh, it's, it's great with bourbon. It's, it's the per- per- perfect digestif after a, uh, a big meal of turkey and stuffing and all the other side dishes. Um, I don't know how you go anything but pecan pie on Thanksgiving. You know, this is really interesting because in our last podcast i couldn't remember whose side i was on and dangle i said i was on your side this is unfortunate for you man because i am <laughs> absolutely on sheldon's side i yeah I, you know what sheldon i apologize i thought you were referring to a different pie that was on there <laughs> but i am 100 with you sweet potatoes are fantastic by themselves they're yes. fantastic in fried form they're fantastic yes. like as its own side dish Agreed. don't put that stuff in a pie give me pumpkin yeah. pie give me apple pie give me pecan pie anything else there something sweet like that i understand the name is it's in sweet potatoes but it doesn't belong in a pie so ryan dangle i'm sorry but sheldon and i i don't know where jack stands but we're ganging up on you man Shabru, you're wise beyond your years. I'm not with Ryan. I agree 100%. The sweet potatoes stand alone. I I don't understand. Like people like chucking marshmallows in there and all this other shit that doesn't need to go in there. I mean, I I will just eat a sweet potato straight up because guess what? It's already sweet. So why are we like chucking more sweets to it? And also your point is a great one about Walmart shells because like it doesn't need to be refrigerated. Like what what's going on there? Like that it can just sit open on the (laughs) shelf. Without any refrigeration, I think there are natural ingredients in it, but maybe not from Walmart. I don't know. Uh, you might be right. Recycled Amazon boxes, or yeah, I don't know. Me. Look, J- guys, Sheldon, you said Amazon boxes. I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor that Matt Nagy's old game plans are actually used in those pies. So please be careful. Okay. All right. Just as a quick rebuttal, and you know, because I control the editing of this pod, like you guys might not even get to hear your your thoughts oh, on it. We will. <laughs> no, we will just because it's like sweet. No tomorrow. Just because it's sweet, we don't put it in a pie. So you shouldn't put like blueberry pie or cherry pie or apple pie, right? Because it is sweet, it should therefore go in a pie. Almost Pumpkin like pie, fruits. they have to chalk it full of like spices and and sugar and all these other things. It's already sweet, so it should be in there. And the other thing for the Walmart, I mean, really, are we going to use Walmart <laughs> as an argument for anything? Folks, if you haven't seen the people of Walmart, uh, make sure you, you, you check that out on Instagram. You check it out on the interwebs because I'm just going to I'm just going to leave it at that and move on. Boys, it is time to get out of here and I'm going to ask for something special for this. We're going to give shout outs, but I'm also going to ask at the end of your shout out to just give one thing that you are thankful for. Uh, It can be bears related. It could be BDR related. It could be something with your co-host. It could be family. Doesn't matter, but it's just something that you are thankful for. So shout outs. Let's go, Patrick, Brendan, Jack, and I will finish it up. I got a weird shout out uh, this week and it's going to be David Kaplan. He's been, he's been pushing the buy energy drinks or water drinks for weeks. And I thought it was just a a bit. Those things are good. Those things are amazing. I think I bought like 30 this week. Uh, My kids love them. I love them. Um, Look, JT, Justin Timberlake, if you're looking for an ambassador, I got you covered. If you want to be a sponsor, uh, hit us up. I will I will pimp your product to the end of time. It is fantastic. I really do like it. Uh, but shout out to David Kaplan for introducing me to it because I didn't know about it until I heard it on the show. 
And then in terms of what I'm thankful for, you know, obviously I'm more than uh, uh, incredibly thankful for my family. They're, they're just amazing in my entire life. Uh, but I do want to say how thankful I am to be a part of this group and uh, to be a part of this pod. I, you know, I can't thank you guys enough for, for bringing me on board. Um, and I, I, I love chopping it up with you guys. It is like, I know you guys are, are half a country away, but um, on Sundays or whenever we do our pod, it feels like we're all just kind of hanging out at a bar someplace um, talking bears and there's nothing more special than that. So thank you. All right. My shout out goes to Scott Coral, my guy, Scott. He is, first off, he's one of the nicest guys out there and he's always willing to just chat it up. He's got great sports opinions. He's co-host of the Irish bears show. But Scott has, for those who don't know, Scott actually went back to school to become a broadcaster and he's been searching for like the right opportunity for him. And yesterday, of course, Thanksgiving, he announced that he is going to be um, becoming a multimedia journalist for WDEF News in Chattanooga on December 1st. And having talked to Scott about this and kind of like, you know, seeing where his career prospects might end up. I'm so flipping happy for him. This guy deserves it. He's really good, by the way. If you haven't heard him, whether it's the Irish Bear show or some stuff he used to do for Midway Minute, he's fantastic. So this is more than deserved. So shout out to you, Scott. Thank you for, A, just being a great friend and for always reaching out and being there for me, but also for this new venture for you because you deserve it, my friend. And in terms of what I'm thankful for, obviously, like Patrick said, I'm going to say my family, my wife my parents, everybody, it's, you know, as you grow older, you, you start to appreciate that more and, you know, being, not being with family as much because you start to move away and stuff. It's, you know, it's definitely vital. So I'm thankful to everybody there, but I will echo Patrick. I am thankful for you guys and Ryan, you in particular, because when you reached out to me earlier this winter, it, I was actually like in a rough place when it came to bear stuff, I was feeling so burnt out. I was doing the same thing for a couple of years. I was doing my podcast and I was just kind of like, you know what, where's this all going? Like, I don't really, I'm really like struggling. I'm not happy. I was this close to just saying, you know what, I'm done. I I can't, I don't want to do this anymore because I'm like, who the hell cares? And Ryan reached out. He's like, Hey man, I really like what you're doing. I really like what you're doing with bears wire, what you're doing with, you know, the podcast and everything. I'm like, really? And so we got started talking, we did our you know show together and I don't know that, that really re-energized me, man. It really did. And just to have you like kind of reach out and do all that and invite me on and to start this friendship. And really since then I have like, it, things have been really good over the last like, you know, nine months or so. And I, I look back to that little push. So um, I just want to say thank you, man. Like, cause I don't know if it wasn't for you, I probably would have quit. And, um, I, so I'm thankful for that. I'm dead serious. I know I like to joke, but I'm, I'm very serious about that. So thank you. That's a great share, man. Seriously. I didn't know it until you said it. And that is a really cool share. Thank you for that, Brennan. And I, I'm, I know Ryan is thankful as well. I can not, it's cool for you guys to know the greatness of Ryan because I've known it for a long time. Um, so in a shameful or shameless, shameless effort to, to get to 300 followers on Twitter, I'm going to thank some of the folks that have been interacting <laughs> with me lately. You're so close. Uh, you are so close. To Kaiser, that. What's that? You're so close to that 300 mark, dude. I want to see it. 300 happen. mark. That's what I mean. It's, it's, 
I'm a pretty big deal. There's like leather bound books on my shelves. Um, Michael Kaiser, uh, Tim Whitehead, Eric Thompson, Chuck Canning, uh, hashtag fire Nagy, hashtag fire Nagy is a fraud. Uh, I'm sorry, hashtag Nagy is a fraud. So that's his, that's his handle actually is both of those. Um, and then uh, Brian Slyke, who is a, a great friend of mine and who's also in the sports biz doing his thing and carving it up really, really nicely. So to all of those folks that interact on Twitter, uh, really appreciate all of you. And then, um, I, I mean, I guess I'm going to, it's maybe a two for one here. I hope it's okay. As I said, you know, I think, you know, Ryan is well documented the things that I love about you, but I don't know, I didn't know Patrick and Brendan very well. And so I'm just getting to know them and I'm, really impressed by what they write. You know, I, I haven't been on the Bears beat like you guys have. I've always been a fan, but I haven't really been in this world that you guys are in. And so to read what you write um, and just like, kind of have it pop up and be like, I start reading and I'm like, well, this is really smart. And I'm like, oh, Patrick wrote this or Brendan wrote this, you know? And I'm like, oh, I know those guys. Those guys are those guys are great. And, and I truly do mean that. Uh, and so that, that has been, and, and Ryan and I were talking about the last episode and what we loved about it so much was the, the moments that we have when, you know, one of you will say something from a perspective or a lens on the bears that we just hadn't thought of. And that's the point at which you're like, okay, this is cool. We're doing some great analysis. And that's largely because these two guys are bringing it. Um, so yeah, just like that is a thing that I, I'm definitely thankful for because it's rounded out this pod in a terrific way. So thank you too. Uh, my shout outs uh, quickly. Michael Knaus uh, said he wants to hear more of our bad dating stories. He said, you should have a segment. It's not me. Or, I'm sorry. It's not you. It's me. Uh, he might be onto something. I don't know that we can add any more segments because otherwise we'll have a four hour long podcast. Uh, but I, I think the boys, we've all agreed that we definitely need more bad dating stories. And uh, there are plentiful, some of which Man, I want to I want to share some of them via a beer and not on a podcast. You know, I already I already told a story about me defecating myself in my <laughs> car. So I don't know how much worse it can get from that. So uh, we'll see. Uh, ye old half sweet uh, at M Rushton 78. Just some awesome interactions on Twitter. Uh, I, I don't really know uh, who you are, but I've enjoyed our, our interactions. And so uh, thank you for that. And then the last one uh, shout out that I got to give is to uh, John Piltaver, who is is literally one of the first real listeners to the show. And he has been incredibly supportive. He's a good friend of mine and a die hard bears fan. Him and his wife, Cassie are expecting a baby and we got the news and we haven't been able to say anything. Rats. And I, I, I finally asked and I was like, can we, can we, can we make that announcement? So to pill to you and Cassie, we are absolutely thrilled for you guys. And uh, it, it couldn't have happened to two better people. So congrats to you guys. Uh, something I'm thankful for um, all of the listeners that listen to the show. Um, and especially as this football team gets worse and worse and worse, then there are people that are still very much listening to this um, and interacting with us. That means more than any of us can, can put into words. Um, but to Patrick Sheldon, Brennan Shagru and Jack Wright, I look forward to this every week. Um, I know that if we were sitting down in a bar right now, uh, we would be laughing just as much, but, uh, I know 
both Patrick and Jack will get this very much is that when you become a dad, your free time becomes very, very limited. And I had to make some choices about some things in my life that I got to do and some things that I, that I've, I've had to put on hold and some things that I really enjoy uh, have gotten put on hold, but, but this took priority because I just wanted to hang out with these guys and talk bears and, uh, Brendan, your, your story, man, it, it, that means a lot, dude, because, um, I think very much you and Patrick and, and Jack have, and Logan too, uh, have, have kind of reinvigorated me and, you know, my meltdown in the San Francisco game, uh, you know, we, we were still able to laugh after all of that took place. And, uh, I just, I couldn't be more thankful for, for all of you who are listening and, and for, for these guys that, uh, that we get to talk bears every week. Uh, for all of us at the Bear Down Report, we are thankful for you uh, in this Thanksgiving season. Again, as this team gets to be a, a pretty just just god-awful football team, as they get worse and worse, and you're still listening and enjoying this podcast, that means more, more than we can say. So thank you. If you are new to the pod and you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you heard, you can hit us with a five-star review because that really helps to widen our audience. But I'll put this out one more time, folks. If you love the show and you do want to buy this goofy uh, bunch of guys a round of beers, you can go to beardownreport.com. You can go to the podcast section, click on any one of the episodes, and there's a donate button. And if you donate to us, you buy us a round of beers, we will shout you out on this podcast. For Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagru, Jack Wright, I'm Ryan Dangle. For all of us at the Bear Down Report, thank you so much, folks. And as always, bear down.